Queen Bay's pregnancy is what we need right now. It's a lifeline for humanity. Well, that caught my attention when I saw the headline on CNN. You know who Queen Bay is? <laughs> Beyonce, right? Do you know who Beyonce is? I guarantee you, your kids know who Beyonce is, and their kids know who Beyonce is. She's a pop star, she's a singer, a celebrity. Yeah, she's all over the place. She's all over the, the media and the music scene, right? Well, she's pregnant, with twins no less. <clears throat> and according to Rachel Sklar, the author of the article that I read about Beyonce, Beyonce publicly announced she's pregnant with twins on the internet, and apparently social media went bananas within a day. Joy and relief, says Sklar, because man, did we ever need some good news. She goes on to say, it's been a rough few weeks in the news cycle for people who care about democracy and due process and the welfare of their fellow humans. A breathless pace of executive orders attacking the environment, women, refugees, lawful visa holders, and U.S. Parks employees has led to record-breaking protests, an unrelenting call-your-senator schedule, and John Stewart channeling just how exhausted we are. So we really, really need something to feel good about. I'm reading Miss Sklar's article, and I'm thinking to myself, man, if Beyonce's pregnancy is this good a news, then what have we got in the church? You know, what chance does the gospel of Jesus Christ have in a world that looks to pop idols to feel good? Now, don't get me completely wrong here. I believe there is some good news about this. For one, Beyonce is not seeking an abortion, and that's a good thing. Second, Rachel Sklar's article shows that, that joy in motherhood, pregnancy, and life can still be celebrated in the public square. Maybe even as our society becomes more and more progressive and the rights of the unborn are more and more diminished, perhaps every average pregnancy will be publicly celebrated and not just Beyonce's. If Miss Sklar is right that Queen Bay's pregnancy is a lifeline for humanity, then that's useful to us all, isn't it? A lifeline. Now, don't we all need that? Doesn't humanity need a lifeline right now? How useful that would be to everyone. That's got some taste to it, doesn't it? Some saltiness, perhaps? Salt is useful, after all. Gives good flavor, and it preserves. I mean... You see where I'm going with this, right? Jesus makes the same point about us that Rachel Sklar makes about Beyonce. The big difference is, and, and you know this already, is the true lifeline to humanity is the one who created it. Jesus threw us a lifeline when he baptized us. Because of his death on the cross, we died of sin, and because of his resurrection, we too are raised to new life. Jesus throws us the lifeline. He throws us the life preserver that is Him. 
as we were drowning in the sea of darkness and despair. And He pulls us out. He pulled us out. He offers that lifeline to all humanity. We also know that when you're in relation to Jesus, He also teaches you things so that you will be saltier and more useful to the world. And one of these teachings is the metaphor of the salt. It's harder to understand this teaching, though, without looking at what comes before it. So just to quickly recap, last Sunday we looked at the Beatitudes, or the blessings Jesus taught His disciples on the mountain, right? They learned, and we learned, all the blessings in God and Jesus are given to the spiritually bankrupt. And that is why they are now profoundly and eternally blessed. People who have nothing in themselves to offer God, nevertheless, get all the gifts that have come through Jesus. That was me 21 years ago, spiritually bankrupt. I had nothing, nothing within me to offer God. I didn't know anything. I had, I had absolutely nothing. Yet, I have received all the blessings and promises of God through Jesus. What about you? Some of you were born into the church, baptized within a week maybe of your birth. When were you ever spiritually bankrupt? Well, none of us, not even the most righteous from birth, can come before God and boast of themselves. Besides that, Paul says, whatever you were before, those are the old ways. In Jesus, you are a new person, a new creation. Doesn't matter then uh, when that, you know, doesn't matter when that happened. It happened. Like the disciples who were the first to receive this teaching, you and I, by virtue of our relationship with Jesus, have begun to be merciful, receiving pure hearts, and now work for peace, and may even suffer persecution. That's what those blessed are those things all about. Then Jesus teaches about salt. Now even though I said earlier that salt is useful for flavoring and preserving, that's not exactly what Jesus is referring to. He's talking about usefulness. Just as he will talk about the usefulness of light a little bit later, but let's just stick with the salt for now. Do you consider yourself useful as a disciple of Jesus? I tell you, there are times when I don't. I feel I should be doing more. I feel I'm not effective. I think I could be more useful if I... I mean, there is a warning here in Jesus' words. Now, although it's impossible, and Jesus knows this, He speaks of salt that's lost its flavor. You see, there's a danger that the disciples would forget or misunderstand the calling they received as those who have been blessed, forgiven, and saved. Oh, that could never happen to us now, could it? Lest the disciples begin to forget Jesus, His words are clear. How will anyone in the world benefit from you if you've lost your taste? Your usefulness. One might as well throw you out to be trampled underfoot. One of our purposes as Christians 
is that people will see our good works and recognize it as a testimony to God. Our purpose is to motivate others in what we do as Christians. Now, there are staunch atheists and stubborn agnostics out there who will never believe. But there are also many others who might. Might just want a little something that we have. We're saying to them, look, don't just sit on the sidelines and watch other people have a meaningful relationship with God. You can have it too. Now, in our Lutheran tradition, good works can almost come to have a bad name. And it's an unfortunate misunderstanding. It, it, you know, it comes from an old dilemma uh, the German Lutherans faced hundreds of years ago with those who were trying to put the cart before the horse. Works before faith. You know, good works would make you, good works would make God happy with you and then he'd save you. Well, that's still a misunderstanding of good works today sometimes. Not so with Jesus though. If rightly taught, as the Savior teaches them, good works are useful for people in his kingdom. They're useful. You see, you see in this text, having filled his empty disciples with blessing, he names them salt and then sends them out to their work and their communities as those who bless others with the goal of revealing what God the Father has done in the work of the Lord Jesus. And also to show people what Jesus is like. He's not harmful. He's not bad. He's good. He promises good things. Just as surely as salt is a blessing, so Jesus' disciples by their good deeds show others who the Father is. Now, I've kept you in suspense long enough. Y'all been staring at the salt bags in front of you and wondering what I'm going to ask you to do with it, right? Well, go ahead. Take a piece and eat it. Don't eat it if you know that you'll have an adverse reaction to it. But eat it. Taste it. It's useful. And those hat clips are useful for something too, aren't they? <laughs> to Jesus, you are salt. You are useful in the kingdom of God. You have a treasure more precious than gold or silver, more important than any news in the world can give in your heart. You've got this in your heart and in your mind. See, you know Jesus. You know what he's come to do. You know his heart and what he desires for all people. You know what he wants people to stop doing. You know what he wants you to stop doing. You know how gently he deals with his children. You know his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You know he is meek and humble, not boisterous and egomaniacal. Look, if, if Queen Bay's pregnancy is a lifeline to humanity, how much more then is Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection a lifeline to humanity? Isn't, isn't that what the world should be celebrating on Instagram and Twitter and whatever else too numerous to, to list? Leading people to worship and glorify God is the whole purpose of doing what we do as Christians. So may be it so, for you and for me. And may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.